Hey there, I'm Shalene Johnson, and welcome to The Shalene Show. We're going to talk about something that's pretty darn common amongst those of you who are moving up, moving on, and want better for yourself. And I don't necessarily mean financial success. I just mean accomplishing things, going after what it is you really want, whether it's weight loss or getting a new job or buying a new car, getting married, starting a family, starting a business making life better for yourself. If you are interested in being better and having success, I know you've dealt with this. And in this episode, I'm going to share with you practical techniques to help you deal with criticism, lack of support, and downright sabotage from the people who love us the most. How to deal with loved ones when it feels like they're sabotaging your success or that they secretly want you to fail. Welcome to The Shalene Show. Shalene is a New York Times bestselling author, celebrity fitness trainer, and obsessed with helping you live your dream life. This episode of The Shalene Show is brought to you by Courageous Confidence. It's an online program. It's a course that I teach that basically, like a strength training program, walks you through the stages of getting stronger, stronger in your confidence. Whether that's just dealing with people in your life, getting unstuck, public speaking, or just feeling more confident in social settings. That's what the Courageous Confidence Club is all about. I do weekly webinars, and I would love to invite you to join me on one. If it's something you struggle with yourself, I promise you this. After the webinar, you will walk away with practical tips that will completely change the way you view yourself and will give you an instant confidence boost. To join me, sign up for my free webinar by going to shaleenjohnson.com forward slash webinar. Onward to today's topic, how to deal with loved ones when it feels like they're trying to sabotage your success. Or if nothing else, it just feels like they're not standing behind you. They're not supporting you. Even if they're not sabotaging you, their lack of support really hurts. How do you deal with that? How do you make this positive life change and then find out, much to your surprise, that the people who you would think would be excited for you seem to react negatively. And maybe you've had friends and family members act as though whatever it is you're doing is wrong. It can be really confusing. You might ask yourself, is this the person I thought they were? Or worse yet, you start to question your own motives. Like, well, maybe this is the wrong thing to do. Maybe I am crazy. Maybe this is a selfish pursuit. Maybe I should just give it up. The good news is, lifers, we've all been there. And I think it's probably why you're excited to listen to this episode. So the first thing is you have to know this is completely normal. It is so normal. And let me just give you the answer right now. It's not about you. And it's not even about how much this person loves and supports you. It's really about fear. And we're going to get into that in just a moment. But I just want to set the tone for you really early and let you know that when you break away from the herd, right, when you, when you do things differently, there's always that feeling like that you're alone. And then the people who you've just left, think about it. E even if you're like, hey, I'm leaving the herd or I'm leaving the pack. And what I'm going to do is show everybody a shortcut or a better way. And I'm going to show everybody else how to join me eventually. It doesn't matter what your plans are in the long run. In the short term, in the immediate space, when you leave the herd, when you leave the pack, when you initiate change, when you decide to do something differently, the people who you've quote unquote left or are doing things different then, they just tend to feel like, hey, what's wrong with us? Why are you leaving this path, this pack, this 
tried and true way of being. And, and that represents change. Even, even if it's just so obvious that it's better, that it's healthier, that it's an improvement, that things are going to be better for everybody, it just doesn't matter because change for many people represents fear. Okay, so sit up nice and tall and pull your shoulders back. And I want you to put a big smile on your face and just know with pure confidence right now that this is so not about y'all. This is about other people. And it's really, really normal. And it's going to happen to you pretty much the rest of your life. And that's okay, because after this podcast, and with a little bit more life experience, you'll just always remind yourself what this is about. So you might have thought I've created this particular episode to teach you how to like cut those people out of your life. If you've got people sabotaging your success, like just move on, right? But I don't know if that's always possible. In fact, in most cases, the people who it hurts, like the people who it bothers us the most that we don't have their love and support are people that we can't cut out of our lives, right? We share DNA or we are bound together by a marriage certificate or they're our children, our sisters, our brothers, the people we've grown up with. So it's, it's just not as simple as saying, well, c'est la vie, much love and light. I'm on to better and bigger things. It's just that's not going to be the case. So what I would rather do is just help you understand you, you incredible leader, you incredible go-getter lifers. This is just one of those things, one of those things that has become your responsibility because to whom much is given, much is expected. You're the strong one. You're the leader. You're the one who thinks outside the box. You're the courageous one. And as a leader, it's your job to help people feel confident and comfortable and secure and to try to remove as much fear as possible so that maybe you can inspire them to make that change too. Now, that's not always a possibility, but if nothing else, you're going to feel better about what it is you're doing and why it is the people you love and who you thought you knew really well are acting this way. So here you are trying to be better. You're going after your goals. You're making changes. You're moving forward. You're asking more of yourself. You're going for it. And it probably feels shocking, like really upsetting, that anyone who loves you would have a bad attitude about the whole thing. I mean, the courage that it's taking you to make these changes, some of which are kind of scary, might not even have had a chance yet to solidify. And so those seemingly simple snide remarks, those, you know, oh, I'm just joking kind of comments, those might just pack enough punch to throw you off your new path. So it is kind of a big deal, and it almost doesn't make sense for someone in your shoes. It's, it's almost impossible to try to imagine how anyone who you love that you wouldn't support them, right? So it's really hard for you to imagine how anyone could have a bad attitude about this change you're trying to make. You're trying to improve yourself. You're trying to do things bigger and better. And how could anyone who supposedly love you not be happy for your success, not support it? But to understand the attitude of another we really have to empathize with their pain. Hey, I, we should tweet that. That's a really good line. We should do that like from now on. Okay, side note, I'm like my ADD is so kicking in right now. But I just realized sometimes I record a podcast and I'm like, that was freaking hysterical. That line was so funny. I bet people are going to tweet it. And then like nobody does. It's like crickets. I'm like, did, did anybody laugh? Is anybody laughing? Did anybody spit their Shakeology out? Did anybody slap their knee? Did anybody rewind it to hear that funny joke? So if I have a good one-liner, like, 
Okay, let's just consider it like a tip. It's an early birthday present. Tweet me whatever you think was funniest in my last podcast. And let's just do this from now on. If I say something funny, tweet it at me because I, I kind of like making people laugh. Okay, what was I even talking about? It's going to come to me. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I, I, this isn't a funny line, but I think it's kind of like an, a good line to remember. So maybe you could tweet this. In order to really understand the attitude of another person, we have to empathize with their pain. That doesn't mean that you're going to adopt their attitude or that their attitude is justified. But if you empathize with their pain, you'll understand where it comes from. And you know what? It makes it far less personal and a lot easier to cope with. But before we go further, let me first say that not everybody who offers their advice to you or suggestion or tries to dissuade you from doing things differently is actually trying to sabotage you. And just because someone might play devil's advocate or suggest that you try things a different way or maybe suggest that you not do something, not everyone who does that has a bad attitude. There are those who have been there before. They've been there before you and they want to save you from the pain or they want to suggest an alternative route. Believe it or not, there are people out there who might know more than you. So not everybody who's suggesting you look at things differently is trying to sabotage you. So first, look in the mirror. And make sure you're having an open mind to the feedback that you're getting. Because it doesn't do us any good to go, this person just doesn't believe in me and they're trying to sabotage me and I thought I would have their support and they're just doubting me and thinking that I can't do it. That just, it doesn't do any good to act defensively. No matter what the opinion is, no matter what the advice, even if it's someone who's who's saying to you, I don't think you should do this. I think this is dangerous. I think this is going to set you up for failure. Have an open mind. Don't get defensive. If you're getting really defensive about it, it might mean that it's time for you to sit down with a pen and a piece of paper and actually weigh the pros and cons. That's my bottom line, is if you sit down with a pen and a piece of paper and you write out all of the seriously possible negative implications if this thing were to happen, right? Like write down every possible bad thing and then every possible positive thing. And if the pro column is much heavier, then the negative column, well, then you probably have made the right decision. But there are often those people in our lives who aren't trying to stop us. They're just trying to make us think critically about it. They're trying to make us examine every corner before we move forward. And those are the people that I would call protectors. So there are two types of individuals that fall into this, quote, protection category. There's the overprotective person, the person who just doesn't want you to fail doesn't want you to feel any pain, doesn't ever want you to be unhappy, doesn't want you to feel sadness. That's someone who's overprotective. And then there's the protective person who's like a mentor or a friend, an advisor, someone who truly has been there. And this person, 99% of the time is someone who you've always considered rational and reasonable until this moment. So if up until this moment, you've always seen them as rational and reasonable and smart and and they've got a great way of looking at things, they've got a great head on their shoulders, then now because for the first time they're questioning you or asking you to question your own motives, now you're like, they're trying to sabotage me. They're not supporting me. Eh, I'm going to tell you you're probably being defensive because if that person's always rational and reasonable and is looking out for your best interest, they're probably not telling you not to do it. They're probably making sure that you are looking at this very realistically. Because a lot of times people, when they get excited about doing things, they only look at the positive. They fail to look at the possible negative consequences. Now, I don't think those negative consequences need to derail you, but you need to look at them. 
you need to understand the pros and the cons, and the list of the pros better seriously outweigh the list of the cons before you move forward. That's all. Okay. Now let's talk about all the other people, the people who don't fall into the category of protector or overprotector. This is kind of like everybody else. And what we need to do is empathize. So let's talk about what's going on with you first. So from their perspective, right? So I'm your friend. And now I see that we used to go out on Friday nights and have cocktails and order appetizers. And we were like best friends. And then suddenly on Friday nights, you wanted to do an aerobics class. And I was like, "Uh, okay. And it wasn't that fun. And then you introduced me to some of your new friends at the gym. And you invited me to go take a Saturday morning class with you and your new healthy friends. And soon I noticed that those Friday night invitations to go get appetizers and cocktails just wasn't happening anymore. So picture yourself in that person's shoes. Do you think that they really are unhappy that you're getting healthy? Or what do you think the fear is? Imagine what you would feel like if you were the girl, the friend, who is suddenly being left behind. That's what it would feel like. Even though you've invited her to do all these things, and even though you're doing everything in your power to help her make these changes too, she's not ready for them. And so the change, you moving on, you doing better, you wanting to do better for yourself, what does that say to her? What's the message? Well, if you need to do better, then she's not what? Yeah, she's not good enough. That's how it feels. Now, don't get defensive. Don't say to yourself, but I've invited her to do this, and this is something we used to do together. When people change, that means that we're doing things differently. We're moving on. We want better. We want change. And so that means whatever we were doing before wasn't good. That's why we have to change. That's why we have to transform. That's why we have to improve. Because where we were and who we were with wasn't good enough. I'm speaking on their behalf. That's how people feel when we step away from the pack, when we do things differently. Those people in our lives feel left behind. They feel hurt. They feel unneeded. They don't know necessarily if they're ready for this. You know, you probably have friends who you just don't have as much in common with them anymore. And they're not that nice to you anymore. And the reason why isn't because they aren't happy for you, but perhaps because they're not happy with themselves. You are a reflection. It's like holding a mirror up and them looking and saying, you know what, I could quit smoking. And I also could get in better shape. And I also could be happier. And you know what? You're making all this money and you've changed and you used to be so cool and down to earth and now it's all about the money. You've heard comments like that. I'm sure some of you have. And do you really think that's what it's about? Or is it that your success represents to that person something they didn't have the courage to do themselves? It's not that they don't love you. It's not that they don't support you. And it's certainly not that they aren't happy for you. They're just sad for themselves. They're sad that they're being left behind. They're sad that they don't know if they have the ability to do what you've done. Now, this is especially true for partners, and I have to make sure you understand that for those of you who are in a relationship, this is so critical because that's really hard when you've been doing the same thing with the same person and your life has been great to their knowledge, and you've just been going along status quo. And now suddenly, you started a new business or You've dropped some really bad old habits that the two of you used to enjoy together. 
and you're changing and you're listening to personal development. You're so excited about podcasts and seminars and reading books. And this person who's been in your life all this time, they're just not only are they not interested, they seem like they're completely disinterested. It almost seems like they resent the fact that you want to improve. And, and now you feel like you're less and less alike and you have less and less in common, right? And they're starting to make negative comments and they're actually going to go the opposite way. And there's a term for this. It's called crabs in a barrel. Now, if you've never heard that analogy before, it's that crabs can basically get out of any situation. Like you can put a crab in the most peculiar, difficult, impossible crevice, and the crab can get and find its way out. But if you put a heap of crabs in a barrel, and just one of them starts to climb and find its way out of the barrel, other crabs will jump on his back. Rather than climbing next to him or with him, they'll jump on his back or grab at his legs and his tentacles. Crabs have legs? I don't know. Yeah, of course they do. Crab legs. Duh. So they'll grab at his little crab legs and try to jump on top of him. On his own, he could climb out of the barrel. But with all these bad attitude crabby patties on the back of courageous crab, he just crumbles to the bottom. And despite his efforts to keep trying to climb out of the barrel, other crabs just keep climbing up on top of his back and pulling him down and pulling him down because they're afraid that if he leaves, something bad will happen because they're afraid to leave on their own. The weight of them pulls him down. And eventually, if he continues to try to climb out, they'll actually pull off his little legs and they actually eat the crab that was trying to escape. Why is that? Is it because the other crabs don't want to escape? It's because of fear. It's the crabs in a barrel mentality. None of these crabs want to die, but none of them have the courage to climb out on their own. Your best line of defense, your best coping mechanism is, in fact, empathy. And you just have to understand that people don't like change. It scares people. It freaks them out. People are really comfortable in their circumstances, sometimes even when the circumstances are really bad. Change, even if it's changed for the better, is still a change, and, and that's scary for people. It's a threat to familiarity, and a threat to familiarity is a threat to the relationship. And, and if right now they have you, if right now they feel important to you, connected to you, then you can't be surprised if other people associate your moving on, your need for change, your need for improvement with a threat to their relationship with you. And so it really does come from a place of love that they're getting defensive. And that their defensiveness, their fear manifests itself in a way that feels very much like sabotage or criticism or lack of support or just even kind of distancing themselves from you. All the more reason why it's very important that you remember that this doesn't come from a place of disdain or that this person doesn't love or support you. It's actually the opposite. It just means this person desperately wants you and needs you and they just, they don't know what to do about it. They feel fear. And when, you know, it's like an animal, when an animal is afraid for its life, when an animal feels like it has to protect itself, picture a scared stray dog. What does it do? It snarls up its lip and it starts to froth at the mouth and bark as loud as possible and, and show its teeth and, and just keep nipping into the air as if it's going to bite and attack you. And it may just be the sweetest, most innocent dog, but it, it's just trying to protect itself. And so because it has so much fear, it doesn't know how to react. It's very instinctual. It's very primal for us to act this way, like animals, when we're afraid. Imagine a frightened child, certain that there are boogeymen or monsters underneath the bed. What do you do? You don't get angry and decide that you're on separate paths. 
you do your best to make the child feel safe. You reassure the child. You put your arms around them and you hug them and say, I love you and you're safe and let me show you. And you lift up the covers or you lift up the duvet and show that child that there's nothing under the bed. There's no such thing as monsters and mommy's not going anywhere. I'm right here. You're safe. I'm not leaving you. We'll tell our children that. But we forget sometimes that adults need to hear that too. Friends need to hear that. Family members need to hear that. Not just that I'm not leaving you, but I still love you and I still think you're awesome and things aren't going to change. Unless, of course, you need them to change. And that's like a subject for another podcast. But honestly, if this is someone you love and you expect for them to be in your life for the long haul, the best thing that you can do, especially if it's somebody who you you want them to join you on this journey, like you've got high hopes, they're going to quit smoking too. You're going to get them to start their own business or to get involved with yours. This is someone who you just know that they're going to find love in their heart for Jesus. Or maybe it's a friend who has just all their life turned to food as comfort. And you did too. And now you're changing your ways and you're eating healthy and you're exercising and and you've got so much love for them and you don't want them to feel judged and you want them to be on this path with you. The best thing that you can do is make people feel needed and safe. Those are the two things. So ask yourself the next time you get a sarcastic remark, the next time somebody ignores you, the next time someone makes a rude comment or seems to sabotage your hard work, just ask yourself, what can I do in this moment? to help them feel needed and loved and supported and invited. Nobody wants to be told what to do. Yo, that does not work, right? No one wants to be told to go to church. Nobody wants to be told, do you really need another serving? No one wants to be told that they should quit smoking or stop drinking. Nobody wants to be told. But everybody wants to feel loved and appreciated and needed and close to you. So make that possible. Make it comfortable. Keep inviting them. Keep being loving and supportive and, and non-judgmental. And before long, when you're, when you're in the right frame of mind, when you feel loved and supported, that's when change happens. Change doesn't happen when we feel like someone's pointing their finger at us in judgment. Yo, that just, it, <laughs> it doesn't work. You don't like it. I don't like it. It makes us defensive. We go the opposite way. And that's where the negativity comes in. That's where you get the backlash. So it is quite possible that some of the things that you're doing, which you think are loving, and you're trying to get this person to come on board with you and join you on this journey, it might feel to them like you are being judgmental, that you're telling them what to do, that you're telling them they need to change, that they're bad, that their ways are wrong. When instead, what you want them to do is feel amazing about themselves so that maybe they'll consider making some of these changes. And as I've said before, there are those instances where it's just, it's just someone who's not ready, not ready to be better. There's too much fear, too much anxiety. They're paralyzed by insecurities. Now, if that's someone you love and you care about, I don't want you to carry that person. I want you to do everything within your power to help them feel loved and supported and to make this possible, but you can't carry another individual. You can't care more about them than they care about themselves. But when it comes to your intimate relationship, your husband, your wife, your significant other, I do believe that there's always one partner who's just emotionally a little bit stronger. One of you tends to kind of take care of the other person's emotional instability a little bit. 
Not entirely. And that's not to say that you're responsible for them, but it just, it is what it is, right? Like, and maybe that person takes care of some other part of your relationship, but you're the logical one. You're the reasonable one. You're the one who doesn't get their feelings hurt as often. You're the one who understands that this person has a lot of pain and a past and a childhood and traumatic things that have kind of scarred the way and skewed the way that they look at things. And you're okay with that. Because you can see that little girl or that little boy inside of them and you just love them and that's okay. That's what you bring to the relationship. Just always remember that another person's happiness, another person's wholeness is not your responsibility. But we sure do have a great deal of influence when it comes to making people feel important. And when people feel important, it's amazing what we can do together. Like as a team, right? I always say about Brett and I, We're great apart, but we are better together. Someone once said, if you make a person feel secure in the relationship, they will move mountains for you. I think it's true of friends. I think it's true of family. And I know it's true of your loved ones. And I know it's true of your significant other, your partner, your husband, your wife, your boyfriend, your girlfriend. Make them feel significant. I hope you know how significant you are in my life. Thank you so much for your feedback on my recent podcast regarding cellulite and how to talk to your kids and the science behind it. Man, that thing took off like crazy. We had more downloads in one day of that show than I have on any of the other shows over the last month. It took off like crazy. So apparently that's something we we need to hear about. We need to hear facts and truth. If you haven't listened to that episode, please do. And if you did, what's kind of ironic is I had so many downloads and I didn't get very many messages about that episode. So if you had some thoughts or an opinion about that show entitled Cellulite, Facts versus Myths, please leave me a speak pipe by going to shaleenjohnson.com forward slash podcast. Until we speak again, I just want you to know, lifers, I love ya. You are the bomb.com. <laughs>